back tonight in the house of the Lord. Man, it's been a great day. I pray that you've had a good day. I don't know about you guys, but I've certainly enjoyed these cooler temperatures. I know yesterday, there's a fly flying around in here. I, I know yesterday, man, it's bringing the flies out. Glory to God. You did that, didn't you? Brought the flies with her. I, <laughs> we better have church where I get in trouble. How about that? I love the cooler temperatures, and I hope you guys do as well. Uh, it just makes me be able to breathe. When you're fluffy like I am, cool temperatures are great, man. And so I enjoy it. Let's, let's worship together tonight. I'm excited about the day. I'm excited about the night. I'm excited about the word the Lord's brought to us. Unity of faith. We're going to blend it together and we're going to put it to work tonight, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the day that you blessed us with. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. God, called by your name, we are your people. We, we are your children, God, called out of darkness into light. God, for your glorious praise. Father, have your way in this room together tonight. Lord, please leave nothing out. God, leave nothing undone that you want to do. God, it's never for us. God, it's always for you. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord.
Mana Mahasa, Lola Biakiti Manolo, Uria Setatai, Kinana by Tolo, Oriatiti, Suto, Turiamalaka, Ledelabokuna, Di Isapode, the Ku, Ibanala Yasata, Manala Lolaboko, Korei, Tito Bokandari, Pilada Bakai, and the Lolobo Soko, Rodadini, Kinana Ladodo, Manana so. Kuriati Elanamai, Kumalanda Si, Kelanadobo Kodanyandi, E. Kodiasa Taladaboso, Ko Koyana, Ileanto de Abasai. You have walked into my holy presence. This is as close to heaven as you can get for now. Accept it. Receive it. Understand that in my presence, as my word tells you, there is fullness of joy. My joy is your strength. My joy is that which will lift you up in the middle of your circumstance. My joy is that which will sustain you. My joy is that which will cause my peace to rest upon you and in you. As I told you this morning, you have already won let that get in your spirit. Let it be written on the table of your heart. You are already more than a conqueror through my Son who loves you. The work has already been completed. When He said on the cross it is finished, that meant everything that needed to be done was taken care of. It was accomplished. The work was finished. Just as I rested on the seventh day when I worked and made my creation and saw that it was good, I rested because there was nothing more to be done. It was perfect. It was exactly like I wanted it to be. It was exactly like I called it to come to pass. So take heart. When you walk in my presence, and if you are my child, remember what my son told you, that he would never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never run off when the going gets difficult. He walks right beside you. I walk right beside you. For my spirit that dwells in you is as much a part of me as my son is. We are three in one. We work together. We operate together. We do everything together. We do not do things apart from each other. When I move by my spirit, it is me moving. Bless you, Lord. Understand that. Accept that and realize that I am in full control of this universe that I created. 
Bless you. It doesn't bobble. It doesn't sway or swerve an inch or even a millimeter of an inch. Unless I tell it to. It stays exactly like I told Thank it you. to. Thank you. And if I control the universe that even mankind does not know the ends of, then how much more do I have control of your life as much as you allow me to? Yes. That's the only drawback. That's the only thing that holds me back is your limitations of what you let me do in your life. Yes, Lord. So let go and let God, your Father, who loves you and cares for you and it has everything in store for you, do what He wants to do and be like my Thank son you. and say, not my will, Father, but yours be done. And I will glorify myself in your life. Thank you, Lord. In your presence and in the world in which you live. I will be glorified. I will be exalted. For I am exalted. I am God. There is none above me. But I will be exalted in the earth. And all mankind will know. And all of the spirits of Satan yes. already know. Yes. That I alone am the Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your voices and your hearts. Come on, give Him praise. He alone is God. He alone is God. Father, thank You. Holy You are holy, Lord. Worthy You are worthy, Lord full of glory and might and power and authority. You rule and you reign, O Lord. You are omnipotent, God. You are omniscient, God. You are omnipresent, God. You are everywhere, all the time, almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing. God, we bless you. Oh, Lord, we praise you. We're humbled in your very presence, Lord that you would allow us to approach your throne room of grace with boldness, that you would allow us, Lord, to humbly come before you. Oh, Lord, we're blessed. We're blessed, we're blessed because of you. It's you alone, Lord. You alone, oh God. So glorious, so precious. Oh, we love you, Lord. Thank you for joy, God. Thank you for joy. Thank you for laughter. Thank you, Lord God, for, for the uplifting of our head and our spirit. Lord, the enemy would, would trample on us and make us downtrodden and downcast. But Lord, you're the lifter. You're the lifter, Lord. You're the true joy giver, Lord. You are the true joy giver. Sorrow may endure for a night. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy, joy shall surely come in the morning. Thank you, Lord, for joy. Bless you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't it good to be His kid? I love Him tonight. Come on, yes, give Him that hand clap of praise together around this room. Turn and greet someone nearby.
Thank you, Lord. I'm expecting it. How about you? Hallelujah. Oh, Miss Linda, that's a great, a great testimony. God cares about our little stuff. He cares about our everything. I know that not everybody, uh, ladies especially, weren't able to be at our men's breakfast this past Saturday. Uh, it's a men's breakfast, and... And uh, so, but the, I talked about Brother Bob gave a testimony um, this past Saturday, shared his heart, shared what God had done. He shared a quick testimony about how, uh, I, don't, I don't know that you guys know a whole lot and I don't want to, you know, share a whole lot of his story or his background or whatever, but uh, Brother Bob, um, kind of his side gig, he's retired, but he's got a side job that kind of keeps him, gives him something to do, I guess. Uh, he delivers cars uh, for the dealership. Somebody buys a car in a different location from uh, maybe a dealership here in the, the Ardmore area. Uh, he'll drive it to them and, and deliver it and then turn around and, and Jan will drive him back home. And, and uh, they've been doing that for a little bit now. And uh, I guess uh, some time ago, I don't know how long ago exactly it was that it happened, but uh, he was on his way to uh, take uh, a vehicle to someone. They stopped along the way to put gasoline in it to make it the rest of the trip to, to get to their destination. And as he did, uh, he took his billfold out, put his credit card in, and, and uh, set it on the back of the car. And uh, you guys know the rest of that, he said. Uh, he drove off with that billfold still sitting on the back of that car. And uh, he said they went and delivered the car. They had some stuff to do in Ardmore. They ran around a little bit. And uh, as they ran around a little bit, uh, they finished their business in town and went on home. And he said, I never knew through that process that I'd even lost my billfold. Didn't know it was gone. And he said he pulled into his driveway. And as he pulled into his driveway, there was a car sitting there. And he said, I wonder what's going on with these people. Are they, you know, what are they here for? And he said, so I pulled on up to the house, and as I did, he said, these people followed me on up to the house, and uh, the man stepped out of the car and pulled the billfold uh, out of his pocket and said, are you missing this? It was Brother Bob's billfold. And this guy had found his billfold, had looked him up, and had brought it back to him. Uh, didn't take a dollar out of it, didn't take nothing out of it, there wasn't nothing missing. Uh, everything that he, he said the credit card that he had used, uh, he had laid in the fold of it, and that was gone. He said, but I canceled that thing right quick, and, and he said, I wasn't worried about that. And so then after Brother Bob told that story, I looked at Brother Hubert, and I said, hey, Brother Hubert, you remember that time whenever that card came in the mail, birthday card, Christmas card, something, a card came in the mail? I said, Brother Hubert, you remember that time you told me that story? Stand up and tell all the guys this story. And Brother Hubert stood and told the story of a time whenever uh, Chris and Mary Ann, his, his son and daughter-in-law, had sent him a birthday card. And, uh, of course, if it's your kid sending you a birthday card, what's there going to be in it? Money, right? And so your kids don't send you money, do they? I know. Anyway, he had this card and he said he knew that he had seen it. He, he gets his mail and had taken it home and put it down on the, I guess, the, the end table or whatever. And, and uh, a day or so later, he decided he was going to open the card and see what was in it. And uh, he went to look for the card, 
couldn't find it any place. Uh, the, the way Hubert tells it, uh, they turned their house upside down. Linda looked for it, Hubert looked for it. Together, the two of them are quite a pair to draw to, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> Uh, but they, they turned their entire house upside down, and uh, Brother Hubert finally said, well, it'll turn up when it turns up, and went to bed. And the next morning, he said he got up and went into the living room, and on top of the pile of all the stuff that they'd already looked through was laying the card. It, it was there. Uh, he said it wasn't there when he went to bed, but it was there when he got up the next morning. He said he looked at Linda and said, where did you find that card at? And she said, I didn't find that card. <laughs> now, why did you tell us these two stories, Pastor? Well, first of all, those were the stories that were told at men's breakfast this past Saturday. That was, it was pretty cool. But the thing that stood out to me, I told, I told all the guys that was there, those two stories are a true indicator that God cares about the little stuff in our life. Right? Now, now, could Brother Bob have done without finding out billfold? Man, it's tough to replace all the stuff that's in your billfold. Your social security card, your credit cards, your, your driver's license, your concealed carry permit, you know, all the stuff most men carry in their billfold. Uh, all the stuff that's in your billfold, that's hard to replace, but could he have survived without it? Absolutely, he could have. But God cared enough about Bob to find that billfold and have it returned to him safely. Brother Don, I didn't tell Brother Don's story. I'm sorry, Brother Don. There was three stories that was told. Brother Don lost his billfold and found it in the trash can. He looked every place the same way. And finally, the Holy Spirit told him, look in the trash can. And he went to digging through the trash. Listen, buddy, if you got money to throw away... Found his billfold in the trash can. God cared enough about him to speak to him and say, look in the trash can. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt, God cared enough about Hubert to put that card someplace him and Linda could find it. <laughs> Amen. God cares about the little stuff in our lives. And if God cares enough for us to find a birthday card and God cares enough for us to find our billfold, then how many understand God cares about the big stuff in our lives as well? It's not just the little stuff that God cares about. He cares about your big things as well. And so I, I think if we surrender to him, you know, we, we talk about the, the, the truth that God's in control. And the Holy Spirit told us just a few moments ago, God's in control to the, to the degree that we'll allow God to be in control. If you'll allow God to be in control of, of finding lost stuff, then guess what? God will help you every step of the way. But if you say, you know what, I can do this on my own, I don't need any help from God, then friend, you're going to be struggling and you won't ever find that card. Yeah. Right? You won't ever find that billfold. When you, when you try to do it in your own power, when you try to do it in your own authority, but God cares about the little stuff and God cares about the big stuff, I recommend to you tonight, turn it over to Him. Yeah. Let me tell you a big thing that God's doing right now. Did any of you notice this beautiful young lady that's sitting about three rows over here to the left? Mama Betty, we're so glad to see you tonight. Welcome home, welcome home, welcome home. We have missed you, girl, and we're so glad that you're feeling stronger tonight to be in service with us. And, and we're going to go ahead and have church because you're here tonight. We've been waiting to have church till you got back. And so, well, no, not really, but we're going to have church tonight anyhow, okay? Y'all ready to worship the Lord and get in the Word? Come on, let's give Him praise one more time together. Father, we bless you tonight. 
God, we praise you tonight. We thank you, Lord, you're good. Lord, you care about the things that we care about, the big stuff and the little stuff. God, you go before us, you rise up in front of us, and, and God, you protect us and you provide for us. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, God, I bless your holy and anointed name. Thank you that you're in this room, God, tonight to do good and mighty things. Lord, we just bless your glorious name and, and give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed and said, amen, amen. Come on, give me my hand clap of praise. Thank the Lord. How many are grateful tonight for the victory in Jesus we have? 1 Corinthians 15, 57, one of my favorites, says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Word tells us tonight that we have victory and not defeat. We're overcomers and not overcome. How does that happen? It happens through Jesus tonight. How many are grateful for Jesus? How many understand the victory in Jesus is not just a partial victory? It's not just a sometime victory. It's not just when the congregation's amen and the pastor victory. It's an all the time, everywhere, in every area of our life victory. It's victory over death, hell, and the grave. It's victory over every uh, device of the enemy. It's victory in your marriages. It's victory in your ministries. It's victory in your workplace. It's victory in your school. It's victory over sin and sickness. It's victory over temptation and lust and pride. Come on, it's victory over darkness and over depression. Now, how many are thankful for victory tonight in Jesus? In Jesus, I believe there's victory in every area of your life. Anything you can name, anything you can label, I submit to you tonight, victory is available through Jesus Christ. By the cross of Calvary, by the empty tomb, by the blood that ran down the toes and the feet of my Savior, by the cross of Calvary, uh, by that resurrection morn, you and I tonight are called to live in victory and not defeat. How many are with me tonight? How many would agree also tonight that, that it's time for God's people to rise up and begin to walk in that victory? Amen. Come on, it's time for that. We, we talked about the sleeping giant called the church this morning. It's time for that sleeping giant called the church to arise and be the victorious, built-on-a-rock church that Jesus said we were to be, right? I don't want to walk around with my head hung down, and I don't want to walk around like a whipped puppy. But I believe tonight, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God has called His people to live in the victory that was won for them through the cross of Calvary and the empty tomb tonight. Amen. The truth is that Jesus brought victory to you and I, but it doesn't mean that the enemy has given up his attack though, right? Even though Jesus paid the price, even though the victory was won, the enemy is still working in the world today. What do you suppose all this hubbub and all this turmoil is about, about abortion that's going on right now? Uh, the, one of the greatest things I think the, the possibility of happening is the overturning of Roe v. Wade. It was a mistake when it went into place. It was a mistake when it happened. Uh, and I know that uh, there will probably be text messages, phone calls, and, and the 501c3 revoke from the church. But listen, the truth of the matter is uh, Roe v. Wade was a mistake when the, we allowed it to happen years and years and years and years ago. How many countless children have been uh, murdered? How many countless children have been killed because of that? And the church slept through all that, guys. Come on, when prayer was yanked out of the school system, the church slept through all that, church. 
It's time for the church to rise up and to begin to walk in the victory. All of those things are an attack of the enemy. And he's still doing all he can in the world today to get God's people to throw in the towel and quit. The enemy is waging all-out warfare against God's people today. The reality I want to remind you of tonight is this, that as we go about living in these last days and the warfare the enemy is throwing against you and the warfare the enemy is throwing against the church is not going to slow down. It's only going to increase. He knows his time is short, so he's going to do all that he can to unleash hell against the church and unleash hell against the people of God. But praise God, that's not the end of the story. We talked this morning about uniting together in faith. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, Paul tells Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. Listen, I, I told you this morning, you might whip me by myself, but you ain't going to whip me and Brother Chasen together. You ain't going to whip me and my big brother together. We're going to stand shoulder to shoulder. We're going to stand side by side. And the old cross-eyed, pimple-faced, pigeon-toed devil better look out. The Bible teaches us plainly and clearly that our battle, our fight, is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's Ephesians 6 and 12. Church, our war is not a flesh and blood war. Our battle's not a flesh and blood battle. Therefore, we can't fight this war in the flesh. We must fight this fight by faith. We must enter into the warfare. We must have unity of faith to enter into the spiritual war that's raging all around us. Part two of unity of faith tonight, I want to talk to you about entering into faith's warfare. Find your Bibles. We're going to the book of Ephesians chapter six. Did y'all bring your gloves with you? <laughs> Punch them out. Knock them out, John. Ephesians chapter six, verse 18, the word of the Lord says this, praying, Woo, we just stop right there. Praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you for the opportunity to preach it. Lord, I pray tonight that your word not fall on deafened ears, but open hearts. God, I pray tonight that we're encouraged to get in the fight. Lord, let us enter into the battle that's raging all around us. Lord, as we locked arms today and united in faith, now, Lord, let us put it to practice. Let us put it to work tonight, God. We're standing together in unity. Now, Lord, let us do the war warfare. Let us do the, the fight of faith that's before us. God, leave nothing out tonight that you want to do. And God, I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed tonight and said, Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord another hand clap, please. I'm thankful tonight for the power of prayer in a believer's life. I'm thankful tonight for the power of prayer in a believer's life. Come on. Uh, I was telling you the story about Hubert losing the card and they didn't know where it was. and They turned the whole house upside down. And then he said, finally, I prayed about it. You know, sometimes you get to that place where you say, finally, I'm going to pray about it. Finally, it's gotten bad enough. Are we to that point? Has it come to that? Is it time to pray about it? 
Can I suggest to you tonight, friend, if we wouldn't wait until the finally time to pray about it, but we'd pray about it before it ever began, then a difference could be made before anything ever went awry. I believe with all my heart tonight for the power of prayer lifted up to the Father in the strong name of Jesus Christ. It's powerful. It's effective. It makes the impossible become possible all because God's people prayed. I submit to you tonight that prayer is the muscle that moves the hand of God. A prayerless life is a powerless life, but a prayer-filled life is a power-filled life. Prayer in the name of Jesus heals the sick. Prayer in the name of Jesus set the captives free. Prayer in the name of Jesus opens the blinded eyes. Prayer in the name of Jesus makes the lame to walk again. It causes the lost to be saved. It causes demonic spirits to flee. Prayer in the name of Jesus Christ is the way we get into the warfare that's going on all around us. Here in the book of Ephesians, Paul teaches us, he encourages us that we need to put on the whole armor of God. He acknowledges that we're in a war and that we need some armor, but we need some protection, right? Here in the Word, he speaks about a belt of truth, a breastplate of righteousness, our feet covered with the gospel. He talks about a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit He tells us that we're going into a battle. We're entering into a war. And he tells us the things that we're going to have to have in our life in order to be safe and to be protected. He talks about things for defense and he talks about things for offense. He talks about our protection and he talks about our weapons. But in verse 18, he shifts gears a little bit. In verse 18, he begins to talk about prayer. And and I submit to you, you don't have to read it the way I read it. But what stands out to me in the Word tonight is this. As I read the Word, what I see Paul talk about is he does not describe prayer as a part of the armor. Put on prayer as an armor. He doesn't say that, right? He doesn't even talk about using prayer as a sword or something to, to be offensive with. He doesn't talk about that. He talks about the the helmet of salvation. He talks about a breastplate of righteousness. He talks about shoes covered with the gospel of the message of Jesus Christ. He talks about the sword of the Spirit. He talks about things to be protected. And he talks about weapons to use to fight. But I submit to you when he begins to talk about prayer, what he's actually talking about is the actual process... I'm so glad Miss Kay moved here. If y'all had an ounce of her energy, take some of that and sprinkle it around the room. I want you to understand something tonight. We've got weapons to be protected or we've got armament to be protected with and we've got weapons to fight with. But prayer is the actual act of entering into the battle. When you're praying, you're doing weaponry. When you're praying, you're doing battle. When you're praying, you're entering into faith's warfare. Yes, we have to have all the protection. Yes, we need to put on the full armor of God. Yes, we must have the weapons of the Word and of the Holy Spirit. But how many understand, if you never actually enter into the battle through prayer, the devil has already won the fight. I can be fully protected. I can have all the guns and ammunition in the world. But if I don't ever actually go into the battlefield, then friend, the only thing I've done is talk about it. It's time to get past talking about it, and it's time to start doing something about it. I've known a many a great prayer warrior in my life, and prayer is the great equalizer. 
Joey Burns is a mountain of a man. I wouldn't want to arm wrestle him. Jo- Joey Burns is a, is a big old... Listen, if his daughter can shake your hand and make you hurt, what do you suppose that old boy would do to you? He could wrestle a grizzly bear, put him in a sleeper hold, and make him beg for mercy. He's a big old man. Big man. But you know what? When it comes to prayer, that pretty lady sitting right there on the third row is just as mighty a prayer warrior as anybody in this room. Prayer is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how small you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. It don't matter what kind of car you drove in the parking lot with. Prayer is just what changes the situation. Prayer is just what makes a difference. Prayer is what moves the hand of Almighty God if we'll simply put it to work in our life. A faith-filled prayer of a child of God is powerful and effective. I believe today that through prayer, by actually entering into a time of prayer, that we're entering into a battlefield. I need you fighting for me and you need me fighting for you. We called today a day of faith. We, we talked about entering into a place of unity of faith. What greater work to do than to be prayer warriors for one another? Some things I want to share with you tonight about entering into faith's warfare. And the first thing is this. We need to pray always. Pray always. Look at verse 18. It says, praying always with prayers and supplications in the Spirit. How many would agree tonight there's always something to pray about? If I was to take a survey and go around the room tonight, from family to family, from person to person, from, from place to place. I look at Brother Merle tonight across to my right, and I know his mama is in a, a not a great health place. She's going through some, some transitional times in her life. Brother, Brother Merle, we pray for your mama tonight. It's very important that we, that we lift her up. I look at Philip and Anna, and I know uh, situations and circumstances that are private between them and, and private in their home and their family. Those are issues of prayer that need praise, prayer to be lifted up about. I could go around the room and each and every one of you, there's situations and there's circumstances, there's always something to pray about. And even if you get the answer to the thing you prayed about this morning and you see it happen this afternoon, how many know there's going to be something else to pray about tomorrow morning? You run out of stuff to pray about, pray for your pastor. You run out of stuff to pray about, pray for the nation. You run out of stuff to pray about, pray for that president. Bible says we're supposed to, y'all. You may not agree with his politics. You may not agree with him. You may not believe he's got a brain in his head. But the fact of the matter is God called us to pray for him. There's always something to pray about. There's always some situation. There's always some circumstance. There's always some need of healing. There's always somebody who needs a a loved one saved. There's always some need of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's always a ministry that needs prayer for it. There's always a nation that we live in that needs prayer. Church, there's always something to pray about. I think that's a good reason to remember the fact we need to always be praying. I love the fact the Word of God doesn't tell us how long. It doesn't tell us how much. It doesn't say that we're we're, we're supposed to do it on Monday or Friday. uh, Because here's the deal. If somebody uh, would have, if it had been written down in the Word of God, how many know somebody would have made a doctrine of that? We're the prayerologists. Right? 
The Bible doesn't say when, it doesn't say how long, it doesn't say how much. It just says do it all the time. Uh, in fact, the Word of God says we're supposed to do it without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. How many have ever thought about praying without ceasing? Well, pastor, I can't spend all my time in the altars. I mean, I, I can't be down there to church all the time. I, I can't be in my prayer closet all the time. Friend, I want you to know you can pray in the shower. Yep. Yep. If you hadn't had one day, you need one. Yep. <laughs> pray in the shower. You can pray while you're driving a car. If you're on I-35, you better be praying while you're driving a car. You can pray at dinner. You can li Listen, we better be praying over the food we eat in this community. <laughs> you better pray continually for the word of the Lord encourages us to pray without ceasing. Remember with me, prayer is the act of entering into by faith warfare. When we pray, what we're actually doing is going into battle with demonic forces. Man, I'd encourage you while services are going on, you can even pray while the preaching's happening. Because we don't know the spiritual warfare that's being raged around us in this room. The distractions the enemy wants to bring. The interruption the enemy wants to bring. The confusion he wants to bring to the preacher. The, the, the distraction he wants to bring to the person sitting on the pew that needs to be saved. There's warfare going on and we need to pray continually even while we're listening to the preaching of the Word of God. So ask yourself the question tonight, what's, what's the best time for me to pray? Well, if I get up early in the morning, nobody can bother me. I'm going to pray then. Well, when I take my, my lunch break at work, nobody's generally around. I can open my dinner bucket, get off by myself, and, and I can spend some time in prayer. Well, in the nighttime, you know, right before I go to bed, uh, that's the best time for me to pray. Uh, the, the kids are in bed. It's, it's already been taken care of. And so that's the best time for me to go in and bow my head and begin to talk to God. <laughs> What's the best time to pray? I'd submit to you tonight as your pastor, any time is the best time to pray. Any time and all the time. Here's the trap we fall into when it comes to prayer. When we don't see immediate results. Lord, I prayed about this, doggone it. Now what's the holdup? When we pray and we don't see anything happen, or we pray and the answers come that we really didn't want to come, Listen, God, I was, I was really praying for a new vehicle. And you showed me how to fix this old piece of junk I got. When things happen and we pray and they don't happen in the time frame we think they ought to happen or, or they don't happen the way we think they should, then, then what we turn into is saying, well, it didn't do me any good to pray in the first place, so why do I need to pray now? Let me encourage you tonight. When you're praying, you're entering the battlefield. When you're praying, you're, you're not just praying the, the, the things of the needs that are in your life, but your weaponry, your, your armament, your, your equipping of the Holy Spirit goes into work in that moment, and you're actually doing battle for the people that are around you, your friends, your family members, your husband, your wife, the, the people you love and care about. Listen, I want you to understand, just because the answer might not come in the time or in the form we want it to, doesn't change the fact that the answer is still coming, and we need to keep fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. Colossians 4 and 2 says, Continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Continue earnestly in prayer. Well, I prayed about it once and that's good enough. 
continue earnestly in prayer. There's a young man we've been praying for for some time. Uh, Brother Garen, he's still on our prayer list. We're going to keep on praying for him. Are things getting better? Are things improving? You better believe it, friend. But have we seen the end result that we're crying out for? No, we have not. And so we're going to pray until we see a difference made. We're going to continue to battle for him. We're going to continue to enter into warfare for him. We're going to continue to fight for him because right now he's not in a place where he can fight for himself. Uh, listen, there may be people around you or in your home and family that can't fight for themselves. That's why we need to pray without ceasing. Fight the fight for somebody else. How do we enter into faith warfare? We pray Always. Another way we can enter into faith warfare is this. I believe it's done by praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. How? In the Spirit. Praise God tonight for the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Thank God for the good gift of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? The truth is tonight the battle that you're entering into and the enemy that you're doing battle with is not a flesh and blood battle. It's not a flesh and blood enemy. The Bible depicts it as a spiritual enemy. We're doing spiritual warfare. We're doing spiritual battle. How better to do that weaponry? How better to do that battle than to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God? Paul, after he tells us to put on the whole armor of God, he tells us to pray all the time, and he said to pray in the Spirit as you're praying. I believe Brother Paul understood God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, right? He understood that the Holy Spirit was the one who could search the heart and the mind of God and to help us to know the things we ought to pray about when we don't know what we ought to pray about. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know the things which we ought to pray uh, for we ought, but, but the Spirit Himself makes intercessions with us with, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Uh, now He who searches the heart and knows the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What that scripture say? The Holy Spirit of God knows the heart and the mind of God. They're intertwined. They're interconnected, right? And so the Holy Spirit of God knows the heart and the mind of God the Father, and He knows the perfect will of God the Father in every situation. And so when you pray in the Holy Ghost... You're praying the heart and the mind of the Father, and you're praying the perfect will of Almighty God. Let me ask you a question. You can be as honest with me as you, as you possibly can. How many of you know the perfect will in every situation? Boy, I sure don't. There's a, <laughs> Lord, do you want me to get out of bed today? There's a lot of times I really don't know if that's God's will or not. <laughs> we believe in the power of prayer and we believe in praying for one another, right? I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I've got this going on in my life. I'm, I'm considering this or this is about to happen or, or, you know, I've got this opportunity for a new job and a new community and a new town. Would you pray with me? Would you, would, would you tell me what you think I ought to do? <laughs> 
Pastor, what do you think ought to do? Pastor, I'm considering getting a divorce. What do you think ought to do? Boy, you talk about a loaded question. Pastor, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And you know my answer every time is, you know what? I'm not really sure what the right answer is, but I do know somebody who does know the right answer. And whenever I don't know what to pray or how to pray, friend, I pray in the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. I don't pray in my earthly language because my earthly language is failing. My earthly language is not enough. But my heavenly language, when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm not praying earthly things. I'm praying heavenly things. And I'm praying the perfect will of God. I'm praying the heart and the mind of God. And I can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when I ask according to the will of God, come on, when I ask according to the will of God, He hears and He answers. Well, let me encourage you in something tonight. That's a really good reason to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're called to be prayer warriors continually. We're called to enter into this battle continually. And if you don't have the good gift of the Holy Spirit of God overflowing in your life, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, then, then friends, you need to seek after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need that gift in operation. In these last days, we need all the power and the anointing and the equipping that we can possibly have. We need the Holy Spirit in everything we do. We can pray in the Holy Ghost and know that we're praying the will and the mind of the Father in every situation. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 verses 15 and 16 says, What is the conclusion then? I'll pray in the Spirit and I'll pray in my understanding. I'll sing in the Spirit, and I'll sing in my understanding. Listen, friend, you need the gift of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God in operation in your life so that you can enter into this battle thoroughly equipped for what God's called you to do, praying in the Holy Ghost, and yet take it another step. Go ahead and sing in the Holy Ghost every once in a while. Pray in your understanding, pray in the Spirit. Sing in your understanding, sing in the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit be the leader and the guider of your prayer time. And I promise you, the warfare, the battle that you're entering into will prevail and it will be anointed and do mighty things for the kingdom of heaven. What do we need to know tonight about entering faith warfare? We do it by praying always. We do it by praying in the Spirit. And we do it by praying for other people. Look at verse 18. One more time. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. How? In the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. How? And who for? For all the saints. Praise God tonight for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We talked this morning about being a turtle. And every once in a while we need somebody to flip us back up in place. Brother Merle pointed something out to me as we were exiting the service this morning. He said, Pastor, I've seen that video before. He said, but something different stood out to me than it ever stood out before as I watched it this time. You remember the video that was going on, the turtle that was on its back, and the other turtles huddled in around it and, and gave it the opportunity to get flipped back up on its back. Well, what happened in the video that, that really stood out to Merle was this. It was when that turtle quit fighting. He stopped flipping his legs. All of his buddy. You know, sometimes we're a turtle flipping our stinking legs, trying to do it on our own. Lord, I'm going to get back over. Lord, I'm going to get back over when we've got people who come together and pray for us. We just quit fighting on our own. 
Allow God's help to come. Allow the people around you to help you and come into your life. And listen, I believe that that we as brothers and sisters in Christ, as we unite together in faith, we're entering into the warfare of faith that's raging around us continually. As we go about living in these last days, I think we would agree that the enemy's working overtime, right? The the truth is he's attacking homes and families. He's attacking relationships and marriages and health and finances. He's attacking ministries and churches. And as Satan rages, as his attack goes forth, people are going to suffer failure. They're going to suffer shortcomings. They're going to suffer circumstances and situations that they really wish they should not have been in at that moment in time. How many of you know tonight what they need the most is not a church filled with people who's going to point their finger at them and talk about them. What they need is a brother or a sister in Christ who will come alongside of them and pick them up and help them get flipped back up on their feet. Anybody in this room ever messed up? Anybody in this room ever messed up today? Anybody in this room ever messed up more than once today? See, that's all of us. We all fail. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. I I know that, that, that there's people who believe that, you know, once you get saved, that's the end of the story, and you can never, you can never mess up again. The wages of sin is death, says the Word of God. If the wages of sin is death, and I, I continue to, to sin, you know, the Bible says for him who knows to do right but chooses not to do it, it's sin. And if I continue to sin, if I continue to do bad things, if I continue, even, even if I do things that I've never done before that are sin in the eyes of Almighty God, I, it, it's still sin, and sin is what separates us from the Lord. And if the wages of sin is death, I mean, oh, you can die. You can die more than once. You can die more than once. That little gentleman sitting back there in the little vest, they said he was dead out there in the parking lot. He ain't no more. But someday if the Lord should tarry, we all get to go by way of the grave, right? Where am I going? (laughs) Hey, you pastor tonight. We need to pray for other people. Even if they've got issues and problems in their lives. Even, even if they make mistakes, even if they fail, even if they fall short. I believe there's far too many people that are rejected. There's far too many people rejected by churches. There's far too many people that are rejected by people who call themselves Christians. Just because somebody had some mess up in their life. <laughs> Folks don't need us to judge them. Because here's the deal, we don't want them to judge us, right? They don't need us to judge them, to talk about them. What they really need is for us to pray for them. Jesus said in John 15 and 17, He said, These things I command you, that you love one another. Can I, can I submit to you tonight as your pastor? One of the greatest acts of love that you can have for somebody else is praying for them. 
Oh, pastor, I cooked a meal and took it to them. I gave them a cup of cold water when they're thirsty. Lord, I, I worked on their house. God, I worked on their car. God, I did this. I did that. I did this. Lord, Lord, these are the things that I did. And the Lord says, we're not saved by works, lest any should boast. We're saved by the grace of God. And when you pray for somebody, what you're displaying to them is the grace of God, not the works or the actions. Yes, we need to get uh, physical. Yes, we need to get active. Yes, we need to put our hands and our elbows to the job and help somebody else who's in need. But friend, if you don't start by praying for them, we need to pray together in unity. I need you to pray for me. I don't know if you understand that as your pastor or not. A lot of people don't necessarily always like my actions. They don't always necessarily like my sermons. They, they don't always necessarily like me as a person. Uh, you know what? That's fine. You can go suck eggs. I really don't care. But the, if, if you really want to see old brother Gary different, if you really want to see old brother Gary changed, you might start by praying for old brother Gary. Because I got to tell you, God's going to do a whole lot more with me than you ever will do with me. Somebody wants to start changing me, I'll tell you, I'll stand back in a corner and say, give it your best shot. Let's just see what you can do. I'll show you, Bubba. <laughs> but <laughs> but when God pricks my heart, when God pricks my heart, when God says, Gary, you're being foolish right now. When God says, Gary, <laughs> I love you too much for you to act this way. God can do a whole lot more with me. I need you to pray for me. And, and you need me to pray for you. You may not recognize that. You may not realize that. You may not even acknowledge that. And that's fine. But you need people that pray for you on a continual basis. And, and I said it this morning, but I'm going to say it again. I'm a big believer. We need people in our life that we can call on the telephone and just say, Hey, I need you to pray for me and not have to give them all the gory details. And they'll just pray. We also need people in our life who will pray for us without even being asked. There's a man, I called him my pastor for years. I call him my pastor tonight. He preached for us a few weeks ago. Gary Rogers. He'll always be my pastor. He's my spiritual dad. I know without question, I know and can say it with full confidence, without a hesitation. That man calls my name out to God every day of his life. He prays for my wife every day. He prays for my kids every day. He prays for my ministry every day. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that man prays for me every day of his life. We need people in our lives like that. Can't talk about my pastor without crying. I'm sorry. We need people fighting on our behalf. Yes, we do. Have you ever been in a place where you couldn't fight for yourself? Yep. <sighs> so sick that you couldn't raise your head off the pillow? Yep. Yep. Uh, <sighs> been about four years ago. We were on vacation, and 
we were walking down on a beach, and Vonda said, man, I'd really like to have that chair pulled down here by the water to lay and get some sun like Linda. <laughs> She's not an Indian either, okay? She, she gets blistered as well. I said, honey, I can grab that chair, no problem. And I walked up the beach, and I grabbed that chair, and I started walking down there, and I went, man, I just really don't, I just really don't feel too good. For the rest of that time, we, every place we'd go, everything we'd do, we went to this really cool swimming place, and she's jumping off cliffs 500 million feet up in the air into the water, and I'm going, peace out, dude. I'll wait on you down here. Had this inner tube, and I had the, the flippers that had been on my feet, and I thought, man, I can just paddle around with these babies, right? And she gets in her, her inner tube, and we're going back to... I'm sure we were going after fried chicken or something like that. Food. Them sticks, man. Oh, Jesus, they were awesome. Anyway, I want to go there. I take my little flippers and I start trying to catch up with her. And again, I went, whoo, wow, I don't, I don't feel so hot. We got back to our hotel and started to walk to go eat again. <laughs> Vacations are for eating, y'all. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. Started walking to, to dinner, and, and she's doing her third grade teacher walk. And I'm like, hey, we're not in a race. Would you slow down? I just can't walk that fast right now. Man, I just, I just don't feel so hot. And she's freaking out on me. She's just going out of her mind. Get back. It was Easter, wasn't it? Good Friday. Had a funeral service to do. I remember it so well. Precious woman of God by the name of Christine Cox. I did that funeral service, and the next day I went to the doctor's office, and they put me on a treadmill to do a stress test. And while I was doing the stress test, all the lights went out. Bloop. And they put me in a wheelchair, and they wheeled me over to the hospital. And Dr. Ali said, hey, we need to put a stent in this boy's heart. And Vonda said, no, take him to Oklahoma City, please. <laughs> I was so thankful that my oldest daughter was there to go, Mom, just let them do it. They, they've already, they're already in there, just let them do it. That was a Thursday, something like that. I got out of the hospital on Saturday. Easter Sunday was the next morning, and your pastor was in the pulpit preaching the Word of God. <laughs> Whatever. Vonda heard every word I said that day. She didn't hear nothing. Because here's the deal. She was praying for me the entire time. Because she knew what I'd just gone through. I didn't make it a big public deal. I didn't talk about it. But because that's who I am. And I know you guys are that way too. I get aggravated with y'all because you'll go to the doctor, you'll go to the hospital, you'll have some situation, and you won't call and say, hey, pastor, will you pray for me, Joey Burns? I don't know why. <laughs> go and have surgery, and, and then after the fact, I find out about it. And I'm upset with y'all because I'm thinking, listen, aren't my prayers valuable enough? But I count myself in that category because I did the same thing, right? Yeah. So maybe I taught you that. Sorry. I need you to pray for me. And you need me to pray for you. You need each other. 
Young people I know, man, there's some of you getting ready to leave and go to college. <laughs> you guys have been the three musketeers. And you're going to be separated by distance and you're going to be separated by location and new friends and new stuff. Don't stop praying for one another. Ever. Ever. Always know, John, whatever happens, my pastor's praying for me. Ethan is my prayer partner for the year 2022. Bubba, I call out your name to God every day of my life. Sometimes three or four times a day. When I know you're hanging out with your dad. <laughs> Man, why is all this stuff happening to me? Why is all this stuff happening in our nation? Why is all this stuff going on in the world today? Monkeypox. <laughs> Have you been fighting? Have you been fighting? Fight the good fight of faith. Pray always. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray for the people around you. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray, pray, pray and enter into faith's warfare. We can't complain if we don't vote. And you can't complain if you don't pray. Julie, come on, help you, Pastor. Please. Father, I love you. Father, I seek to please you above all other things. Father, this day, you, you encouraged me. You, you told me to focus on faith. You told me to talk about the unity of faith, uh, to come together as, as brothers and sisters, to link arms and to watch what happens. Father, you told me to, to focus on the warfare of faith, the, the battle that we enter into as we, as we pray, as we cry out to you in faith, Lord. Lord, you call us to be a people of faith. Lord, I believe in these last days our faith is going to have to increase to a level such as we've never functioned in or operated in before. Lord, I don't know the things that lie before us. I don't know the, the economic upheaval that's about to come upon the United States. I don't know, Lord, the, the ultimate price of gasoline. I don't know, Lord, about food supply. I don't know the things that are about to unfold. But I do know if your people will function in faith... Lord, we can stand together and we can conquer every enemy that would come and rise against us all by faith. Lord, bless these people. Have your way right now in this room. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please, with your heads bowed and eyes closed. I tell y'all I loved you tonight because I do. I'm thankful for you tonight because I am. I'm proud to be your pastor because I am. We all have issues. We all have frustrations. We all have 
discouragements. We all have things that rise against us. And sometimes we're in a place where we can't fight for ourselves. We need somebody to stand along beside of us and pray for us. There's always something to pray about. Well, I've run out of stuff to pray about. There's always something to pray about. Well, I don't know how to pray. That's why the Lord gave you the good gift of the Holy Spirit. So that you could pray in your heavenly language and pray heavenly things. And God gave you people around you to pray for. You know, one of the greatest spiritual growth things that can happen, number one, is studying the Bible to teach somebody else. When when Sister Vaughn and I first started keeping the nursery at 10,000 years ago, we had little bitty kids, but, but we'd study and we'd prepare even for those little babies so that we could walk in there and you might only have their attention for two or three minutes, but we would walk in that room prepared to teach those babies about Jesus. It made us study. It made us prepare to go in there and teach them. A few years later, the Lord opened up an opportunity for us to teach the college and career uh, class. It was very much like teaching the babies. We had to study and we had to pray and we had to prepare to walk in there to teach them. And it caused us to grow. Can I submit to you that prayer will make you grow as well? When you spend your time praying for somebody else's needs, when you spend your time praying for somebody else's problems or situations, whether you know anything about it or not, and you just simply call out their name, Lord God, today, bless name. Lord God, today, bless Skyly. Lord God, today, bless Mama Betty. Lord, be with them. Go before and walk with them. Just praying for other people will make you grow in a way you never realized before. There's always somebody to pray for. There's always something to pray about. And when you run out of the ability to pray in your understanding, pray in your spirit. And what happens when we're doing all that? We're fighting the good fight of faith. We're entering into warfare. Friend, there's a battle that's raging right now in this whole world. There's a battle that's raging in your friends and loved ones that are sitting around you tonight. And they need somebody to fight with them shoulder to shoulder in unity of faith. If you need Jesus to become your Savior. The altar call tonight is going to be very similar to the altar call this morning. If you need Jesus to save your soul, would you lift your hand right now, anywhere in this room? Pastor, I need him and I need him now. Congregation, would you stand with me tonight, please? probably not the most eloquent altar call I've ever given but this is the altar call the Holy Spirit said are you ready to fight 
No, I'm not talking about going and arguing with Tommy Tucker. He likes to fight. He likes to fuss. He likes to argue. If you know him, you understand what I'm saying. But you know what? Tommy needs somebody who'll fight with him and not argue with him. He needs somebody who'll link arms with him and pray. God just recently blessed him that his grandson that's been hours away is now here close local by so that he gets to see him all the time. Man, what a boost of faith that must have been for Tommy, right? And so I need Tommy to pray with me that my grandson will move here too. Amen. You need somebody who will fight with you. Husbands, if you can't fight with your wife, you're messed up. Because I do more fighting with her than... I pray with my wife every day. She prays for me and I pray for her every day. We need somebody. I don't want to see anybody by themselves tonight, please. Please help your pastor with this. Nobody should be alone. Everybody needs somebody to pray with them. So I'm going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone. Find somebody in this room. Let the Holy Spirit lead you around this room. Get out of your comfort zone and go find somebody and fight with them. God bless you as you pray.
Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Brother Paul's declaration was, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. There's a, fa a fight, a battle, that rages on continually around us. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. Yes, sweetie. Continue to pray for me because the doctor told me, told Alan and gave him the paperwork for his job that I might be in this for the next six months. But the Lord can heal me right. because when he healed me of ovarian cancer in 2018, I was in remission in less than six months. Yes. And I do praise and thank the Lord for all of His goodness and mercy to me for all of these years. But I still need your prayers until the Lord sees fit to heal Amen. me. Amen. And put me in remission for good. Amen. Not just for a time. Amen. And thank you for praying. Amen. 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 How many would fight with Mama Betty? Amen. Man, I love you guys. We're in this fight together, y'all. We're in this fight together. I want to pray over you. And Lord bless your week. Father, thank you. Thank you for a day filled with faith. Thank you for the display, the work, the evidence of faith, Lord. Lord, I believe even as we lift our hands and lift our voices to praise you, it's a declaration of our faith. We trust you, Lord. That's why we praise you. Lord, I pray... Remind us to fight the good fight of faith as we walk throughout this week, Lord. Go with these people. Bless them and use them, Lord. And Father, I pray that we enter the battle for one another. God, we enter the battle for the winning side. That's you. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. I love you guys. Go fight them. <laughs>